Hello and welcome back to Franchise Sports Talk Basketball with me, Joe, and Sam, as always. Hello. Hello. Um, so we are at the midpoint of the season. Or is it just over the midpoint? But it's the all-star uh, break anyway. Yeah, it's near enough the midpoint. Um, so we're going to look back on the season so far and uh, basically the the surprises I think in both a positive way and a negative way uh, and yeah generally just review how the first half of the season has gone yeah so, yeah who who was um who has surprised you Sam in which direction would you like should we start good or bad uh you choose okay let's start on a positive with the okay. New York Knickerbockers yeah, I mean they are yeah. good, sort of. Yeah, they're not. They're not calamitous. They are above five hundred. One of five teams yeah. in the Eastern Conference. Well, there was it was less than five a couple of days ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was, was three at one point, which yeah. was bad. Um, but the the Boston Celtics have decided to play not awful basketball, and the Knicks have got themselves to nineteen and eighteen. Julius Randle is an All Star. Um, they're the slowest team in the league and one of the best defensive teams in the league. It is, it's not pretty, I must say. Old, old school basketball, yeah. I'd say, and lots of like heavy minutes, hasn't it been, for a lot of the season for like, yeah, Randall and RJ Barrett, I think. I've watched them because they're intriguing, because they're playing better than they would be, but I've not enjoyed it that much when I have watched them most of the time. Um, but they, yeah, it is, it is. Don't think anybody expected them to be in the playoff spots. Really, it's a cool story. I think. Yeah. Like, it's weird to talk about a New York team being this like plucky underdog, but there's there's no other way to shape it. They are an underdog, and they're this interesting little achievement. Um, the fact they're over five hundred um, is. I was going to say fun. It's, it's not especially fun. It's. That another team that was due to be that bad being over 500 obviously wouldn't get as much attention as they're getting but that doesn't mean they don't deserve it I think it's completely warranted that everyone's talking about how the Knicks are and what are they going to do at the deadline and stuff um, and yeah I think it is good for the sport for the big market teams to not yeah. be calamitous I guess it just shows doesn't it how important the uh, manager and the culture is and stuff like that because they've I mean, they've basically not brought any big-name players in or anything, which usually is the case when a a team um, has a big change in fortunes. But it's literally they've just changed the manager, and um, I guess everyone's just started trying harder, almost. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, there is some stuff if we want to turn down the positivity on them a little bit. Um, does a podcast I was listening to the other day unfortunately I can't remember exactly which one it was or the exact numbers but basically like the shooting percentages against them are like unsustainably low yeah. but there is there is hustling to shoes and stuff but it's, it was something about the they are by far the league leaders in opponent shoot yeah percentage that people are shooting like not hitting any open threes against you. Yeah, I think I've had that. 
Was there a thing about them having an easy schedule as well, or have I made that up? That's not. Hello? Um, I think so. Do they have had an easy schedule? Oh, 17th, so middle of the pack, okay. by basketball reference. So I, so I have made it up, really. Um, but the schedule is also a weird one because if you just use winning percentage yeah, this year, because I mean, it, like, it depends when you come up against teams, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, the Nuggets beat the Sixers, for instance, but when the Sixers had seven players and they started Tyrese Mas- Tyrese Maxey and Dwight Howard and Dakota Mateus yeah. and stuff. I mean, like um, the the Knicks have played. I think they played the Cavs four times already. Um, but a lot of those games, the Cavs were actually quite good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So th- also they played. They've also that. played the Pistons four times. There's always a bit of when you play people that there's even more of it this year. And like the Heat, there was quite a prolonged period where the Heat was still playing, but they didn't have any of their players. Yeah. And then obviously, if you play them in the last two weeks, they've had Jimmy Butler, and their numbers when Jimmy Butler plays are are basically like top tier playoff team good. Um, yeah, the Knicks stuff, how sustainable it is, I mean, I don't, I think there's a good chance they're not a top six team. We were just talking before we started recording, like, um, there's a lot of teams behind them that are still better. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they get a play in squad, it's also I think that'd be a good just result. so close, isn't it? It's basically just so much like, basically mediocrity in the middle of the Eastern Conference. There's just... I mean, it's spread out a little bit at the moment, but it could easily close up again. If there, there was basically just a tie of like loads of teams tied like just below 500. Um, well, based, a few so days Boston, ago, I think. Boston have now won four in a row, which has put them up yeah, to fourth. Yeah. But basically, a few days ago, Boston, who are now fourth, down to like Washington, there's just not really anything between them. There is a bit yeah. at the moment, but it's like one weekend goes wrong or goes right. And that's completely changed. Um, and in the teams that are behind the Knicks, the Heat are just behind them who are kind of on the charge with Butler back and getting healthy. Um, and then you've got the Raptors who also, they're 17 and 19, but that doesn't really paint the picture because they were also, what was it, 2 and 8 to start the season? Uh, well, the Raptors, yeah, I think so. so. So their record of late is actually pretty good. Um, and then you've got the Pacers who are 16 and 19, but they've been playing without TJ Warren and Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert is due back soon after the All-Star break, apparently. Um, the Hawks have been playing injured. The Wizards have been a combination of bad and hit by COVID and all sorts of stuff, and they've been getting their act together. Um, so it's, it's not impossible the Knicks still don't even make the play-in, um, which would kind of be sad. You sort of want some... I think they'd be nice for them to get some sort of reward for how well they've played so far but they do have an advantage over these teams and there's only 30 odd games left yeah i mean yeah if any team that's done it that so far um you feel like i mean they've got a chance of sticking there haven't they they're halfway there basically although they have i mean as i said with covid stuff is they haven't had any like big absences out there I don't think uh, no um, Julius Randall has played in every game RJ Barrett has played in every game oh, yeah, and almost every minute of those games as well 
Um, uh, yeah, just just go try and load that up. Actually, I, I'm pretty sure it might have changed. And obviously, people play different number of games. But let's look at the total minutes. Julius Randle number one, quite comfortably ahead of Jokic, and RJ Barrett is eighth in total minutes. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I reckon they're yeah they're going to slide, aren't they? I think in the second half because. They've basically had all the luck with no injuries, while every other team has had like star players out with the COVID protocol and stuff like that. Um, the only way they don't slide is if they make a move at the deadline, which would be kind of stupid if they yeah. have to give up anything of note. But they've still got a bit of cap space, and they could, don't know, Oladipo maybe, if they they yeah. could shift some of the salaries they've got hanging around and take Oladipo for like one of those future Mavericks picks maybe which probably aren't going to be worth very much and then they hope they can re-sign him I don't think that's what I'd do if I was their front office but also I mean they just made a trade for Derek Rose which sentimental and everything um, and taking minutes potentially off some of their young talented players um, yeah. they're clearly not just like going to throw this season away and Oladipo might be available for an amount that's like yeah okay we, if it gets us in the top six I, then maybe my outlook on them changes but yeah I, I'd be surprised if they're above yeah in the top six well, at the moment while we're on the Eastern Conference actually um, I mean that although a lot of that wasn't actually that positive that was one of the uh, the positive surprises for an, like a negative I think you could well there's a few of them Basically, the teams that are in the middle of the Eastern Conference there, that you sort of expect to not just be in that pack. But I think the big one probably at the moment is looking at it is like the Hawks. Is I mean, although they weren't good before, they made all these moves. Um, and basically, people expecting them to be good, and they're currently not even in the play-in. And I don't think they've had huge absences have they they've not well, had they've... Been, like missing Trey Young or anything no but they've had so Bogdanovich missed time Gala... sorry uh, I think... big one is DeAndre Hunter yeah sorry I think we had some little te oh, technical difficulties there yeah do you want to uh... well they they missed Bogdanovich for quite a bit um, and Gallinari's sort of working his way back and it's just it's a bit of a weird signing really um, and Rondo's been in and out but DeAndre Hunter's been hurt for a bit and that's basically the problem is when yeah. DeAndre Hunter doesn't play they cannot defend yeah they're, when he they're young play, guys are their only defenders really aren't they I think yeah and defensively they started the season off okay and it was like oh this seems this seems um, unlikely to stick and it hasn't stuck I think in February it was like they were either the worst or the second worst defensive team um and your offense has to be like otherworldly to even be semi good if you're going to be that bad defensively, and it's just not. He's just not that good. Like Trey Young is at times a lot of fun to watch. I also find him quite frustrating. I think yeah. I mentioned this in a podcast recently with the shooting. Like I, I think, saw him. I think it's when I I had him in my All Star team, and you didn't. I think that's probably when. Yeah, I mean, so he he is incredibly talented defensively, but. Yeah, there are yeah. some some issues with he basically wants to run a hard on offense. 
I, yeah, how it feels like. I suppose that can be another thing, actually, it's sort of disappointing. Even, even though I had him in my team, I mean, purely because of scoring numbers. Um, with the person I've put around him, I, the idea is to, that he then has lots of options. Um, and I guess he just doesn't use them well enough a lot of the time. Yeah, and they've just sacked their coach, which I think feels unfair, partly because the injuries. Is it? I saw a tweet when they sacked him that was like, of their, of Bogdanovich and Gallinari, and then having all their young guys together, it was something like they'd they'd all been available for four minutes of a game, and then one of them got injured and walked out. Like he's, he didn't have much chance to have them. But part of the thing with those off-season moves was, wow, that they've got these young pieces and these veterans, they're going to have depth. So I think one or two injuries doesn't quite excuse where they are. Because if you look at, again, it's so close. Being outside the play-in doesn't necessarily mean that much. But there was a lot of talk about they're the team that's going to break into the top six. And they're just, they're just not there, are they? Like They feel no, more likely no to miss near. the play-in. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, three... Don't you, have you got another surprise? Anyway, that was just a little one I threw in there after the Knicks. Who else has impressed you or unimpressed you? <laughs> so, um, I had the Pelicans, which is a weird one because I wouldn't have said they're going to be miles away from 15 and 21. Um but we spoke about on our All-Star thing about Zion has basically just, at least over the last few weeks, he has been absolutely like superstar good. He just, there was a JJ Reddick quote recently about like everyone wants to get 15 layups on their strong hand every game. And that's just what yeah. he does. It's just ridiculous. He just takes the ball, I'm going to the basket and he gets there and he just puts it in. And they have that. And Brandon Ingram is still just really good. Lonzo is, has really pulled himself together. He's shooting lights out. Yeah, and they've got the same record as the Thunder, and they're outside the plane at the moment. Again, it's quite close, not as close as the East. Um, defensively, they've been bad. That's the really worrying thing for them, I think. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, I don't know how that changes. Really, that's like such a cultural thing, isn't it? With loads of teams, like you're saying with the Knicks, basically they've changed manager. Um, but I, I guess they just changed coach, didn't they? Got um, well, they got a, a defensive-minded coach. That's the really weird thing. Yeah, maybe it's just going to take more time. But because you feel like they, I mean, their players have got like the the physical attributes basically to be really good defenders, like Brandon Ingram. Um, but I, I think also, as we've seen with the Suns, a lot of time they just need like. You sort of need a veteran that is actually a veteran sort of leader that is actually going to be like an important part of the team as well. Um, Whereas Bledsoe yeah. is kind of stopping in and he's not that character. The The thing that Van Gundy also said the other day, which was one reason for optimism with them, is he'd much rather they have... They've got a truly elite offense, particularly since Zion has been made basically a play, their point guard. Um their offense is just like top five in the league and they're shooting it well. Um, and he was like, well, I'd rather we fix the defense because I feel like I can do that. That's easier to just fix. Yeah. 
having the offensive pieces. So they've they've found a way, and now Lonzo's shooting it well. The spacing is not as big a problem as it was earlier in the year. Um, but yeah, it, it does. Maybe it does just take a little bit of time. But it's kind of weird. Lonzo and Eric Bledsoe, two brilliant defenders. Like you said, Ingram should be part of Zion's amazing talent when he was in college was he can be this top tier defender as well Steven Adams is not exactly a weak link at five and they're terrible they're not just like a little bit bad they're awful defensively yeah like Hawks level bad defensively yeah you assume that's something that's going to change I don't maybe next like maybe next year is when they make a big step forward um but also if they're not showing improvements by like the second half of this season in that regard I don't don't really know what you do I guess yeah well that's that's the weird thing when you've got the personnel though isn't it is because like, well Bledsoe yeah. oh, you they've would got the say, personnel well, and they've got the coach you feel like yeah um, but on the on the Zion as a ball handler thing I mean I, I just don't know what you do like they keep having they have a shooter screen for him and it's like, well, you either leave a gap for him to drive to the basket and then he scores. Or the shooter gets open. He, he's such a good passer. He's such a good passer. Like, that, that's, It's easy to overlook it when someone is as freaky an athlete as he is. But the number of like, cross-court passes, or he goes into traffic under the hoop, the whole defense collapses because he's there, like this human bowling ball. And he just sort of throws it out and it goes straight into someone's hands. Okay, cool. Don't, don't know how you defend that. Yeah. Don't know what you're meant to do when someone can pass like that and score like that. Yeah, it's probably an underrated part of it. Um, always when there's someone that's got a really outstanding set, you don't, you don't hear about the other aspects of their game that are really like difference makers. Um, yeah. So now that okay, moving on from the Pelicans, I think. Um, I guess I, my positive. I have a positive now. You've had a negative and a positive. Yeah, I'll have a positive. Um, I, I, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to say Utah Jazz. I mean, it's quite obvious, really, for everyone. But I feel like if we're doing this, we have to sort of mention them as. Well, they are like the biggest surprise, I think, for for everyone. Only um, team top five in defense and offense as well. Yeah. After that, uh, you know, get when they got like knocked out by the Nuggets and stuff, and they've got like a like an experienced roster. Not, we're not a lot of young players. You know, no, like not really lot of salary room. You sort of like don't really know where they go from there just sort of thought they're just going to be stuck being a like a sort of middle of the playoff you know like fifth seed or something like that it felt that way didn't it for i would add they've lost three or four going into the all-star break yeah so maybe it's all going to fall apart now maybe it was just a hot streak but i don't know i mean they've what they've done is basically it does push them into the the conversation, doesn't it? It does. But if I of could play devil's advocate a little bit with it, is they've got all the shooting and that's great, but they have shot the ball so well that like they're shooting it like 
like the Stephen Clay Warriors. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it, that keeping up for the rest of the regular season yeah. would be cool. And Gobert now, that is the other thing I would like to add, is Gobert has, has basically been mugged off by Jokic and Embiid now three times combined. Yeah, so you're talking about when it gets to the playoffs. I mean, he might not have to face either of them. Maybe they get the eight seed, yeah. which is Denver, and then they beat, they get the Lakers and the Clippers and they beat both of them. Uh, I would not put money on them against either of the Los Angeles teams at the moment. But I, I, I don't know that I don't know about the Clippers. I'm still not particularly impressed by the Clippers. Yeah, I, I don't know how they guard Kawhi Leonard as well. That's the other thing. Yeah, although I guess most teams have someone like that, don't they? And also, I don't know how anyone guards players like that. Well, you've got to have someone who can give it a go, though, haven't you? Like Ben Simmons, LeBron, yeah. these guys can give it. I like. Well, are you gonna are you gonna put Bojan Blanovic or Royce O'Neal on Kawhi? Like, I guess they're they're okay. I mean, O'Neal's better than okay, but they're like good defensive players. But Royce O'Neal's like six foot four. We have also five. we have seen that though before in the playoffs of someone like Royce O'Neal. I don't know someone who's basically like a defensive, just defensive guy that doesn't usually play a lot, just getting a lot more minutes and basically just being told that like their only job is to stop that guy and it actually you know well he's been playing a lot this yeah. year I think like yeah I, I was worried about the size with him I think yeah. he's listed as 6'4 yeah okay yeah that's not like the these that's, big but, wings but also just... the also the other thing with that I mean I guess it makes it more difficult to contest shots but talking about inside it's like Basically, they just need you. Their whole defense is basically just fill, funnel everyone towards there, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. So, in that respect, maybe the size doesn't matter as much. Um, no, that's that's true. That's true. Um, for the, basically, just specifically for them, their particular defense is. I know you just need to need to be able to not not let people run by you. I guess. On the Gobert thing, um, it's don't know if you can call it a concern just yet, but they just gave him that enormous contract. I don't know if we're going to have enough time in this podcast, but I guess as a mid-season review, we can touch on the awards again, uh, potentially. Um, yeah, we've got a while. It, it is now three times he's faced them, and I think across those games, Jokic and Bede are averaging like 45 points. And like a million rebounds. Um, if I mean, we can do defense of the year stuff now. One, he's the favorite. He's the betting favorite. He's the one that gets picked on talk shows still uh, for second defense in the league. And yeah, their whole defense is built around sending people to him, and people can't shoot and score at the rim when he's there. But then there's also this like, if you've been given, and I don't think his contract should impact whether he wins defensive player of the year. But if you've been given what is basically a supermax contract yeah. to be a screener and elite defensive player and you just get your lunch money stolen whenever you face an elite center, that seems like a potential problem for the franchise. Like, yeah. he's, he's there for the next half decade. He's, and he's only there to be a defender. Well, he, really. he does a lot of screen setting and stuff and he dunks and all that. But, like, that that's not why he's got a supermax. Um, yeah. And for the rest of his contract, Nikola Jokic is going to be there. And 
I mean, they're not in the same, same conference, but Joel Abid's going to be around for most of that time as well. That's that is an issue. Yeah, I think. Um, also, the other thing with that, though, anyway, is the way the rest of their roster is. You don't feel like they're they're built to be a long term contender anyway. As I was saying about they're not having young players, they've not personnel wise, they don't really have much way to improve. Um so maybe you know, that is even like the next few years or like in like three years time, it's sort of not really a concern anyway, because I feel like they're not really at all set up to um to really contend like then you know what i mean the big one the big one for that is like donovan mitchell leaping isn't it yeah um i think, which... I think that's the thing is if he becomes like you know he can be like a basically a, an mvp contender or a... if he actually has that i mean they've been the cut the comparisons have been made um too much but if it if he does have like a gets to a Dwayne wade sort yeah. of peak performance level that's how they become a perennial contender um, and then you start worrying about how they fit pieces around him and go bare. Um, but that's that's kind of, yeah, you're right. That's a different conversation. I just think the go bare against these these really elite big men. His defense is obviously so important yeah. the rest of the time. But the fact that he, I mean, it, the the game against Embiid the other night was he just absolutely had him, and like at both ends as well. Like he was blocking his his lob catches and stuff and meeting him at the rim defensively and then at the other end just like getting him to bite on pump fakes and dunking on him it was it was not a good game for the supposed defensive player of the year favourite yeah I yeah I think though well obviously that stuff is a well that is only a concern the Embiid one is only a concern if they make the finals um and I don't know maybe the rest of the playoffs as well there their, maybe their credentials aren't great for that but I think the regular season success at least may well continue I mean may, that maybe we're going to look like after the playoffs they're going to look back at them like the Bucks last season a bit of like you know they're going to go out in the second round or something or whatever and then everyone's going to wonder what the fuss was about everyone was fussing about all year but they have they haven't they had like one of the toughest schedules? Oh, they've got some great the first wins. First half, and they've got some great wins away. Yeah. Well, and basically, as they've already had a tough schedule, they've got an easy schedule in the second half, and they're, you know, like comfortably top of the West. It's sort of yeah. I mean, it's hard to see them slipping much from there. I wouldn't. I really. I saw. I'm almost. I think I expect them to have the one seed now. I think they're my favourite for that. I, particularly as the, I think the, well, as we know, the Clippers like to uh, love their load management, which they're probably going to start doing near the end of the year. Well, and, they've been um, doing it quite a bit already. Yeah, I mean, well, when the Lakers get AD back, maybe they're going to, they're just going to start winning every game as well. I think they'll cruise. Um, actually, I think LeBron um, is not going to miss loads of time because he does want yeah. that MVP. But he just rested his first game of the year. Yeah, so you think they're going to start doing more of that? I th- I think they will do at least a bit of it. Um, 
last year was kind of it felt like a bit of a making a point and we're going to get everything ready for the playoffs i think that the the second half of the schedule as well is brutal it's just hideous like the workload for everyone i think most star players are going to have to rest quite a lot and particularly if you're in year 18 and just come off yeah. a finals run again and then only missed one game in the first half i i think the lakers will cruise they'll be happy to be four if they're healthy that's all they're really bothered about yeah and then have well it, it, at the moment it looks like portland denver probably five in the first round which is not those are not easy matchups at all no i mean it's just going to be amazing i think the, particularly the west playoffs yeah the, the play-in the play-in is going to be insane like the, the quality of that that play-in is just like yeah you, you're going to have steph curry yeah. luka Doncic, i think probably zion uh, maybe Dame gets pulled back towards there. Maybe you get Jokic. Like you're gonna have just MVP so, candidates all over so the playing. When you, so you think when you say Zion, you think the Pelicans are gonna are gonna push I, Memphis out? Do you reckon? I think they might. Memphis are really good, and they've they've got a knack for picking up wins. I just feel like the Pelicans at some point will go on a bit of a run. Yeah, they've got so much talent. I always find it funny actually. I'm looking at the standings like this. You just have the Spurs there at number seven. And I never hear anything about the Spurs. They're just just doing good stuff. Because it, it's also it's like I guess they've just that's just where they've been for like a decade, isn't it? Well, not quite a decade. Won a championship. They won a championship they won a championship in the last decade, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, they won they won twenty fourteen over yeah. the heat. But basically since then, I guess that's just where they've been, isn't it? Just like but they've actually got hope now, though. Like This young group is really impressive. They're, they're not going to be... I mean, to be honest, there's a case against almost all of those teams they wouldn't be favourite in a playoff series. They wouldn't have the best player in a playoff series against almost any of those teams. Um, but they're good. DeMar DeRozan's playing really well. He's he's averaging like seven assists per game and like 23 scoring or something. Yes. Uh, he's having a really nice season. And they've basically gone small all that time of playing Aldridge at the four and then a centre. They're now playing like DeRozan at the four sometimes and then like really? three guards. Yeah, and, and DeJounte Murray is just so much fun because he basically has like this point guard speed and passing ability and arms longer than the court just gets in like every passing lane. It's a lot of fun to watch defensively. Um, they're, they're not really a scary playoff opponent, but no. they're just... I guess we don't hear there. anything about them. They're just sort of they're good like they always are, but also not exciting. Yeah, what to add one more positive? I would put the Blazers actually. I nearly put them as one of my positives, uh, just because ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. They're twenty-one and fourteen, um, and they've not had their two their second and third best players for ages now. Yeah. I don't, maybe is that an argument for maybe Damian Lillard should be MVP I think he should be although it doesn't more, work like that does it, it, it he should be more like in it. it he is yeah. the most valuable player arguably yeah this is like without that they would they would probably be the worst team maybe well they'd, they'd be close they, they would be right down there wouldn't they like yeah. if you swapped him for for a replacement level point guard they would be 
Same goes for Steph. I guess. Yeah, I guess most teams if you sort their best player, but probably not quite as much an impact as the Trailblazers. Most teams. I mean, the Warriors. Yeah, like it's the same. Like you say, Lillard's playing huge minutes as well, though. Playing huge minutes and assisting like more than ever, scoring at this ridiculous rate. Um, yeah, both they played against each other again the other night, and it's just, just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous watching those two on the same basketball court. Yeah, no one even goes near the hoop, I guess. <laughs> no, no, just in case there might occasionally be an offensive rebound, but it's just absolute silliness. Um, yeah, should, should we do a little quick quick awards bit? Okay, yeah, just the end. We've got, oh, we've got like 10 minutes. Um, okay, if the season ended today, who would your MVP be? Uh, I think it's probably Embiid at the moment. Yeah, I I think it's Embiid. I um it um and it's like his ridiculous three against the Jazz doesn't go in, and maybe the conversation is a little bit more level. But it did go in. He there's been this stuff for years. How the Sixers going to play in the clutch when Ben Simmons can't handle the ball? And multiple times now they've got in a close game and they've been able to go to Embiid. And that time he like faked a post up, dribbled out and hit a step back three to send it to overtime. And he put up 40 again and got 19 rebounds against the defensive player of the year. Just dominated Gobert at both ends. Six has beat the best team in the NBA. Um, he's put 50 up yeah. now. Have you seen some of the stats that are coming out? I know the pace of players up and everything. Could be the first centre to average 30 in a season since Moses Malone. Jesus. Like Shaq never did that. In the comments, I saw this stuff about, oh, well, if Shaq could have made free throws, he would have done it. Well, that's the point, though. Is Shaq couldn't. couldn't make free throws and Embiid shooting like 85% yeah. from the line. I like, think this year as well, that's obviously this year is his shooting, isn't it? I think it's the, the ball handling and shooting uh, this year that's a different level to what it's been before. Of, I'm, I'm by sh I'm shooting, I mean, like, you know, like hitting freeze and stuff. Isn't it? Is he still hitting them at 42%? I think he's Yeah, that's just absurd, isn't it? For a center as well. You know, remember like, the last few years, the mid ranger, it's always been if Embiid yeah. takes a mid ranger, everyone goes, oh, no, yeah. you just got to try and put him in the basket. And he was, he was bad at mid range shots, basically. It was like 30th percentile. He now shoots them like DeMar DeRozan and Chris Middleton. Yeah, but that's he's basically become like deadly from mid range, and he's seven foot one. And, and and when people talk about like in the clutch, I guess that's basically what you need, isn't it? You need someone that can handle the ball and then hit shots from all over the court, which at the and moment he's fouls. showing he can do. And he can shoot free throws. Yeah, I mean, and he's also over seven foot tall. Is yeah. And defensively, I, that's the other thing. Just defensively, just a monster. I've, I think I sent you the clip that, that Sabonis posted up. I mean, it was obviously like quite an extreme example of it. But Sabonis just like tried to go to the basket with Embiid in front of him. And he just stood there. And he tried like a couple of times, tried a few moves. Oh, yeah. and just turned around and just, just threw, threw the ball play. out of play. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's, I'm sure it's how a lot of people feel when they go against him. I think uh, LeBron has obviously been awesome. And I think um, if I had to put money on who will win it, I would probably still go LeBron because Embiid is going to rest quite a lot in the second half of the season, probably rest more than, Le more than LeBron. The Nets are flying. Sixers yeah. easily finish second or also, third. Also, as we were saying about when AD comes back, 
Well, that sort of doesn't yeah. make any sense for that to impact it because it's like he, LeBron is not going to have to do as much. When they start winning loads of games in a row in the second half of the season. And LeBron puts up a 40-point triple-double yeah. here and there. Although and it's... it's like he didn't even need to score 40. They could, he could have scored 20 and they would have still won. Or probably. Um, but then it, then you end up with Lakers a two-seed, Sixers a two-seed, and then there's this bit of LeBron starts campaigning again. I think it's still LeBron's to lose, but I think Embiid has been the best player in the NBA this season on yeah. the team that's got the best record in the East. Um, he's just... The the big thing with his shooting, and I, I want to move on to the other awards, so I'll say this quickly, but like, is that because he can now face up and shoot the mid-range and people have got to guard him properly when he's doing that, is the double team in the clutch is harder to throw at him because he's looking at you. Oh, Whereas yeah. when he was having yeah. to just post up, you can set sneak a double team round and the turnovers are... He's still turning it over a bit too much, but also when you're averaging like 31 and 12... Like you're going to turn it over occasionally because you have the ball all the time. And the Nuggets, Jokic's numbers are similarly ridiculous, but the Nuggets need to finish really strong for him yeah. to be properly in it. I think. Yeah, and I guess that's the thing, really, of who ends up winning it is it's, I the second half really is what decides it. Is <laughs> that's what's fresh in people's memories. If the yeah. Sixers are not quite as good in the second half, which is quite likely because of how good they've been. And the Nuggets go on a run, and they and they have been improving since the start of the season. You know, it could, that could easily switch again. All the Blazers. I mean, I I think if yeah, they get their guys they're... back and they're third in the West, and Lillard could easily finish the season second highest scorer behind Beal, shooting forty percent from three, nine assists and stuff. Um, he he's more in it than I think people realise. Um, yeah, Rookie of the Year. Uh, I mean, it's Lonzo Ball, isn't it? Nice, Lamelo Ball. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> It'd be amazing if Lonzo won it. Um, yeah, I, I don't. That's not even close, is it? Like, unless he gets injured and doesn't play another game, I think he's won it already. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's starting now, isn't he? I mean, he has been for a while. Basically. I I don't know how he doesn't win it if he keeps playing. No. Uh, it's almost hard to know what another rookie I mean, would have to do. Yeah, if yeah, so if say he does get injured now, and he doesn't win it, I don't even know who who else is it. Tyrese Halliburton and, but it's just the thing is like that their usage rate and workload isn't big enough, so they can't yeah. even put up the numbers. Um, yeah, he he could like there was talk with Zion, like if, if Zion had played half a season last year, he might have even beaten Jar to it. And the second best guys this year are nowhere near as good as Ja Morant. So I think there's a case that Lamelo has won it already, as in like he could have a season-ending injury and he would probably still win it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like Wiseman has just been in and out, hasn't he? He's looked like he started really well. He's been in and out and obviously struggled. Injured as well for a bit. Yeah. And he's ultimately being used as a mainly as a lob threat at the moment. That's just yeah. not the same as Lamelo putting up triple no. doubles. And then... Anthony Edwards is like, I don't know, I mean, he, there's, there's been some impressive stuff, but he's also, I mean, the team he's playing for is just so, so bad. And that usually doesn't come into it Rookie of the Year, but... I think it it does a bit with people who just don't care. Like, there's not enough eyeballs on him. He's also yeah. on a bad team in Minnesota. He's not on a bad Knicks team where people are still talking about you. 
as much. Um, right, defensive player of the year. Uh, I think I have to go Gobert. I know you just had that massive thing where you said, like, you know, about issues with him, but I think I probably so would. Although Ben best. Simmons is very, very close. Yeah. Ben Simmons completely locked up Luka Doncic the other night. Like Luka Doncic came into the game on a hot streak as well, averaging yeah. whatever it was over his last 10 games. And he, it was Derek Bodner put the stats up. Something like he scored like seven points on 12 shots and turned it over five times when he was guarded by Ben Simmons. One of the best defensive performances I've seen in a regular season game. It was crazy. But yeah, it is, it is Gobert, isn't it? I think at the moment. Yeah, best... Um, best team in the league one of the best defences and it's like yeah it, it, the defence is basically just him also not, I not, think not as in the others are bad but like if he wasn't there they would defend in, have to defend in a completely different way and not be anywhere near as effective I also think Simmons and Embiid because they're probably both in the top five are a bit like when you've got a big three it's hard to win MVP yeah is how do you give Defensive Player of the Year? Like, before this year, that was more of a consensus about Embiid, and there's on-off numbers to suggest that, but there's also this, like, when you've got two guys who are that good defensively, how do you give either of them Defensive Player of the Year? Yeah, it's like, yeah, you, you take either of them out and they're still a good defensive team. Well, they should be, at least. Yeah, although... Most improved? This is the really hard one. Yeah, I mean, because with that, there's always so many options, isn't there? Oh, I've not even, oh, we've not, I've not even prepared for this at all. That's the entertainment, from my point of view. Well, I can't, we're running out of time, and I can't think of anyone. Um, who has improved? I mean, Julius Randall. Yeah, that's the first name that comes to my head. Josh Eberle posted something about him being all NBA earlier. I don't know if you saw it, which I thought was interesting. Someone saying that he's got to be all NBA. And then it's like, there's six forward spots. I'm not sure you realise how hard yeah. it is to make all NBA. LeBron, Yanis, Kawhi, AD, Kevin yeah. Durant. There's okay, five. So we... Okay, Julius Randle is my pick out of the air. Probably, there's probably someone else that's more deserving of it. But we've got two minutes left, so who is your pick? Uh, I'm surprised you didn't go for Zach Levine, your guy. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, probably would have gone for him if I remembered him. Yeah, I think I might go Levine. Yeah, that seems like the right sort of level of player as well, isn't it? We always talk about this, of like, um, you know, you, you can have people that improve and are like still just like role players or people that improve to become like MVPs, but already all-stars. I feel like that's the right sort of level of guys that were like good players and are now playing at an all-star level. I think that is, yeah, that, that is like the the jump that makes a big difference to a team. Like the most difference, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. So should we, should we wrap up here? Yeah. Um... Yeah, so when... Okay. When does the game start again, by the way? when When's the end of the All-Star break? Is it like three... Is it four days? Tuesday, I think. I think Tuesday, the game's back underway. Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay. So there's a little bit of a break now. But uh, anyway, we'll probably do another one of these at some point in the next couple of weeks. 
Yeah, I guess. So uh, speak to you then, everybody. Bye. Goodbye.